Blog Talk Radio. to oppress people, African power to an African people, black power, man. It's Yang and Kuma coming to you on Tuesday. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. This is the show we bring it to you, man. Me and Shaka usually come to you, and we just talk about raw and uncut, what you want to talk about. One of the things I was speaking to Shaka earlier, I had programmed the show. Let me go on and, and, and go on to keep it all the way 21, which means adult about this thing. I had programmed the show a little earlier, and uh, the show was on the black power couples and Shaka then I later spoke to Shaka and Shaka wanted to continue on what he had spoken about earlier on his live about uh, criticism and self-criticism and the you know just the art of really critiquing the thing and how to go about in it and there are some ways that it should be done if we're going to be truthful and try to get the best out of that uh, tool, that instrument of criticism, constructive criticism, that is. Uh, but I do want to talk about black power couples. So I say, what I do, if I have to stay on a little later to do that, then that's what I'll do, because I do want to talk about black power couples. I was on Big Mama's house. Big Mama, they got me in trouble again. I was on Big Mama's house, and that topic had come up, power couples. And it wasn't, that wasn't the specific topic. I forget what the specific topic was, but during the course of that, that came into play. And it was very curious, you know, to hear the take on it um, was just a real curious take. So I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to visit that when I have an opportunity on my show. And since I hadn't spoken to my boy, I said, I'm just going to take liberty to touch on that. To, I'm, I'm going to throw that up as a topic. So I do want to touch on it because I think it's vital. I think that family is the cornerstone to uh, society and that there will be no revolution if there is no family. You know, a family is the motivation and the inspiration for what we do all things, not just our media family, not just that family right there in the present, but our family uh 
you know, in the future, then, you know, it's all for naught. What's going on, Brother Shaka? Hey, Wakusu, Wakusu, all part of people. Wakusu, man. All part of people. What's going on, family? What's... Oh, man, just hey, totally in agreement. Totally in agreement, man. Right on. Was just sitting here going through and telling them, can you hear me clearly? Am I coming in choppy? I'm clear on that. No, nah, you loud, crystal clear. Cool. All right. Uh, no, nah, I was just in here running down, was telling them how I hadn't had spoken to you. So I had already programmed the show. Um, but speaking speaking to you, how we talked about your live a little bit earlier and how I wanted to definitely touch on that. So if we had to extend the time a little bit, I'd volunteer your time. You know, you know how we get down, we just draft. So I told him if we got to extend the time a little bit, we're going to do what we got to do to get these points across and this message out here. But one of the reasons I wanted to touch on um, black power couples, and it went into eventually black families, uh, and, it'll, and it also <clears throat> could segue into what um, Shaco uh, was talking about earlier on the live, and we can go into that, is because black family to me has changed. The dynamic has changed. When we used to say black power couple, I think that in our mind we had some loose definition of that. We used to loosely say, you know, behind every great man is a woman, you know, and power was defined by material possessions. Mm-hmm. Power was defined by what you had or the capability you had to get something accomplished. That's how power was defined. Now, I mean, due, due to really a uh, deliberate attempt to depower, uh, emasculate, ema- is that the word, brother, emasculate? Emasculate. 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 Yeah. Right, emasculate. Emasculate, right. And, right. Right, okay. Emasculate. To emasculate the black man. Um we see that really the whole definition, if we're still using and holding those as definitions of power, then the black man, according to those definitions, the black man is really powerless. So what, when you talk about this power couple, what role, if he's not using the traditional historic roles of manhood and power and all that, what role is the black man using to um, really feel powerful, to exude power, or to say, this is what power means, therefore I am this, you know, what is he doing? And what role does it put the woman in who, in this particular time, in modern times, has all of, a lot of those things that we would defy as power, but we still hold, and some of them still hold to historical, traditional definitions of manhood, which we sit here simply said by design, it's almost impossible. Not saying it isn't. But it's almost impossible for a man to produce that or to live up to the historical traditional definition of man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what so I, I, I wanna know what this, you know, what a black power couple is. And that's why I was telling the Chaka was telling the listeners, listening to one of our programs called Big Mama's House, it got me in trouble because that came up. And I wanted nobody could I was listening for the definition and nobody really could defy to me what this so called black power couple looks like today. And it goes into what you're talking about. I think one of the reasons it's hard to defy that is because we're really afraid to do that that criticism and that critiquing. That real constructive critiquing, starting with self. 
That's that, that's definitely the biggest issue, man. That's why I'm so so forced to not just breeze by this whole idea of criticism, self-criticism, analytical thinking, because it really it, it does us a disservice to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like to not do that. How are we going to define things if we become so? I don't know. I want to. I don't want to use the word soft, but for lack of a better word, we become so soft and so timid that we can't even go through the process of cleansing and defining. Because in order to answer that question, what is the black power couple? Then we got to ask ourselves, what is black power today? What is the movement today? There's a whole lot of questions that are going to come out of that 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 one question. And ultimately, it goes back to individual. Like, who are you? You know, each one of us. Who are we in in the line of the struggle? Today, as compared to our forefathers, yeah, so it's, it's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty heavy topic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it, you know, why? So, what? What do you think it is? What is that fear to really dig down and to examine ourselves? And when we step up, because I like what you said, it goes into what we define as black power. You know. Um, and even whether we're talking about over organization, being influential in the movement itself, or being over a family, what is leadership? Right. And at what point is leadership accountable to the people they're over to explain the vision or explain maybe misfortunes and mishaps? You know, when right. is the, like, we can do um, constructive criticism and self-criticism. But how how much do we expect the people to take, and how do we let the people know that there is a transformation there? And how do we, you know, demand of our leadership, like, yo, how do we know you, what is the standards to say, okay, yeah, we see where you've reflected or whatever, and you're uh, getting on the right course? Right, right. I think I definitely is it's action, practice versus theory. You know, there has to be mm-hmm. a theoretical side of it then there's got to be an application of the practice. And I think that's the part, the two connecting, because it's like if we, if a person or any one of us say, okay, well, I, I got the theory, I'm going to go out here and try it, then you have to be honest and come back with the result. Like you can't fudge it. you got to come back and say, hey, look, I did that. That didn't work, y'all, and this is why it didn't work. And it's a certain amount of courageousness. That's, that, if I say that, that, you have to be, you have to look and be courageous. You have to be courageous. You have to be willing to be flawed. You have to be willing to to not have all the answers, you know, and to just be transparent with the people around you. Like, I think, you know, we talk about black power couples. A couple or any kind of union, a lot of it is transparency and the courage to be flawed. Like, there's nothing wrong with being flawed. Like, this is why we're here. And I I think the image that we get is, like you said earlier, with the, the age-old image of the, you know, the strong black man and the black woman. And we see Malcolm and we see Sister Betty. We see Miss Sister Coretta and, and Brother King, Brother Martin. But we don't see them in their intimate hours, you know what I mean? We don't see them in those moments of reflection or not comp- – we just see them as a complete structure, you know, and that's all we see. And I think it's time we see the other side of things. And speaking I, on that, I, I, mean, balance, I agree. Sister uh, – we got Sister Makeda – Makita, excuse me, Sister Makita Baraka is coming on tonight to help us host this week. We were talking about having right sisters on the show. So she'll be chiming in at some point if she's not already on. And, uh, you know, okay. just to let everybody just know. That, and, yeah. Okay. And even that with transparency. I mean, and we talked about 
you know, how you and I, you know, when we're offline, how we talk about ways to make the show better, things we can introduce. And we both came to like, hey, man, it's very male-heavy here. We ain't got no sisters. Where are the sisters? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we went and right, found the right, sisters. Right. You know, and, you know, like these, but that's the kind of process I'm talking about. Like, and, and explaining, like I'm doing right now, I'm telling people, like, we had that conversation. This is what we did, y'all. And here's the end result. Okay, we got a new host. Mm-hmm. It's, just got, it's just that mm-hmm. simple. For me, I think it's just that simple. On a brighter scale, and even in your own immediate family unit, it has to be the same process. This is what's wrong. This is this. Okay, I did it. Here's the result. And you keep chopping at it. No expectations on yeah. the elevation. I heard that. No expectations on the elevations. I like what you said about transparency. To me, I think that that is a very big part. You know, when you don't have a clear-cut vision, when you don't have objectives and goals, and that's even in the family, you know, then it's too much milly-mish-mish, I call it. You know, it's just too much, uh, you know, like we say in the, in, 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 in the alphabet, man, too much zigzag-zing. You know what I'm saying? We just exactly, exactly. everywhere. Uh, you know, you just everywhere. So it's... Uh, about when you, I think when you have a clear cut objective, it gives everyone a position to play. You know, it's right. not about rank and structure. In my understanding, you know, um, it really is about communalism. It's about everybody playing a position, not so much I'm over you, you over me type of thing. Play your position and everything will get done. So when you play in a position right. and the objective is clear, then you know when to encourage your man when to um, deter your men, uh, attempt to deter them from doing something that may be foolish, and vice versa. He knows when to do the same thing with you when it's a distraction from the objective and the overall mission. And all of that plays a part of transparency. But I think when you don't have a clear-cut definition of manhood and when, like a lot of these brothers who, um, you know, uh, uh, are really on survival mode, you know what I'm saying? They're not looking for long term. They're on the right now mode. They're not looking past right, right. 27, 28, <laughs> 29. And unfortunately, <laughs> some even up into the well into their 50s and 60s, not looking past right. the immediate. You know, that's for always sure, going to be. Sure. It, 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 it's just so many things that you could just point out that just stops us from really, I think, um, putting, a th- putting our thumb on it at least to try to slow the bleeding down to begin the healing process. But you know what, Shaka, we got I, the sister on. Let's open on. the sister on. Okay, right, what's going that. on? Hey, who are you? What's, what's good? Hey, everything's good. What's, I'm I'm just, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Yo, this, um, is the, this is the show for, but not just for listening, for talking. And this one... You know what? What I love that when Chaka suggested, and I couldn't think of a better person, just knowing your credentials. So I mean, we can get out. That means we can cover any topic for political education. Just kicking it from being a mother, a grandmother, an everyday black person in this society. You can dig what's going on. But right now, we're just talking about the you know black power couples criticism. How to really just you know where do we where's the compass? It just seems like we're spinning out of control. Can you point this thing in any direction? What's your take on any of this, or all of it? Um, you know, it's funny because there's there's another brother uh, that I talked to about 
you know, just broaching this topic, um, Maito, and he, he, he's often in the same position. He's like, you know, what does black love look like? And why have we sidestepped it so much that, you know, we, we don't have anything that's definitive and we're kind of, what did you say? It's too much zigzag. I don't know what you said. Yeah, you too much zigzag zig. But, uh, <laughs> right. It's too much of that. Um and like it's it's never really you know, it's never really defined and we it doesn't seem that we have defined it. You know, I'm I'm relatively new to this this whole political understanding of revolution and revolutionary, you know, interaction. For, you know, um, just in general, but in the time that I've been, from the time that I've been in the movement, uh, which has been roughly, you know, somewhere around six or seven years now, um, from the time I've been in the movement, I I don't I don't really hear this thing come up. I I see it. I see uh, I see comrades find each other. You know, um, I see them hold each other accountable, you know, and and from that standpoint, you know, I go, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see where they're working from a political, you know, a political um, reference to engage in these relationships, you know, they're, they're their relationships are built around uh, their politics, and they move out of that. But, like, to really have it defined because you don't get a chance to see what goes on in the background. I was talking to a brother last week, and he was like, yeah. He he just got married earlier this year, um, or last year, I'm sorry. Um, and he was like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come out because, you know, my, my wife is, she's having an issue with this whole COVID thing. And uh, the fact that I keep going out, you know, she feel like I keep, you know, exposing us. <laughs> so he said, telling me about something that he, you know, he had done. And he said, I came back in the house and she was like, you know, on, on his head about it, you know, on some, look, I see you right here. And you don't have your mask on, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you have to you're the head of this thing. I need you to be able to, you know, I need you to watch what you do at all times. And like this is the kind of this is the kind of stance that she has just regarding, you know, look, you're the head of this this unit here. And you're a part of this, you know, you're you're an integral part of this unit. Here. I need you to always be looking out for all of us all times. This is your this is your stance as a you know, as a comrade first. And that's kinda of what you know that's what it always comes back to. You know, this is your stance as a comrade first. You take care of you know, you take care of the people around you. You know, you make sure that you're looking out for the people around you. So uh it was like I still don't know how she got an aerial view of me without my mask on. I don't know what he's like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make your event. You're talking. 
I keep getting in trouble, and you know, I can't, I can't have it. <laughs> I can't have it in the house. So uh, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and, like I said, I, I get it. You know, it's always about holding holding that person accountable, holding holding them to a certain standard. But I often wonder what that looks like regarding. Um, the emotional and the, you know, the the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you know, you have that side, but I wonder what it looks like when it comes to, you know, the softer side of being with somebody. How does how does that revolutionary love look? And what is that, you know, mm-hmm. how does that come from? Yeah, I, I those are good questions. You know, I personally think that those are, you know, the more intimate side are just defined by the people. You know, I think that the people, the two, the the individuals involved, define how that revolutionary love plays out, or uh, how it looks in there. If that's just sitting together eating ice cream, you know, that may be their little thing. Um, but one of the things that I I do advise is realizing. Moving beyond the politics, understanding the necessity of um, the social aspect of our of our struggle, which is a protracted struggle. It's generational. That family is so important, and giving our children an example, a model to follow, to breed other soldiers and self-determining individuals. You know what I'm saying? And family modules is imperative. And I think that that's one of the major areas that we fall down in. Like you're saying, sister, we haven't not only provided, maybe some brothers and sisters may feel the sense of intimacy or revolutionary love on an intimate scale, but just, in my opinion, a working model of a revolutionary family. You know, just a revolution, and, 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 and not revolutionary in the sense that I'm saying even to the extreme, just a working model of the everyday proletarian, the everyday working person, just that black nationalist in their thing, that daddy, mommy, this is what it is, this is what we grow up to be, this is how you should be and a family should be, you know. And with the power dynamic shifting, you know what I'm saying, and us not dressing and us going so hard at the politics and having old beef, you know, us scared to look into culturalism, because of the uh, us beef with the Panthers back in old, so now we don't even want to look into culturalism or us getting so afraid of the black American experience here. We're ultra-culturalist. We're so Afrocentric that we're not even, like, in America anymore. We just, you know, like, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. (laughs) You know, so we become, our struggle becomes very unrealistic, and our actions become even more, more unrealistic. Yeah, and so nothing gets accomplished like that, you know. So that's my whole thing, man, with the whole, I think one of the areas, I said all that to say, I think one of the areas we're going to have to start in is really practicing self-determination in the area of defining different institutions and, and, and restructuring these terminologies, putting different feelings behind these terminologies the same way that Hitler did the swastika. You know what I'm saying? And I know that's not going to be overnight, 
but it's just something with, that we have to constantly reiterate and beat down on our society, however the hell we got to do it. You know, I, I'm listening, and I think one of the things, too, that we have to understand, when we, we talk about revolutionary relationships or black love or revolutionary love, you know, there is we have to understand our particular situation as new African people here and the trauma that we have gone through. You know, a lot of times I think we look at the finished picture and we almost have like a Harlequin romance novel set up. You know, it's supposed to, like you said, it's supposed to be just to eat an ice cream or just to, you know, you're running off with your red, black, and green, his and her matching shirts, and it's all good. No, it's not all good. We have trauma on top of trauma. <laughs> hey, on top what's wrong with the red, black, and green match your shirts? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, we got to look at this. Wow. Trauma, like, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting somebody born in post-Castro Cuba, you know, or someone born after the revolution. You're dealing with, we are dealing with people, each other, born in the turmoil, born in the fire, like right in the middle of the fire. We're not even totally smelted down yet. You know, you got to smelt metal down to a liquid and then put it in a new frame. We're still in the smelting process. So we still have a lot. You know, when you smelt metal, you separate carbons and other toxins so you can get to the pure metal to make what you're going to make. We're still in that smelting process as a people. And I think one of the things we have to do is remember that and approach that and constantly approach that. You know, no matter what level of political education you have or don't have, it's, that's the reality of it. And we will do ourselves a deep, deep, deep disservice if we don't stop to look at that. And I mean, like, trauma down to, like, did your mama hug you when you was young? Did your daddy, how did your daddy mm-hmm. talk to you? You know, mm-hmm. do you even have an example that you can rely on of what, what a good relationship looks like? Because a lot of us don't. We, we, most of us, I'll say safely, 80% of us have functionality examples, but not relation examples. Your mom and daddy figured out how to get along, and that's why you think it's a relationship. But it's really not a relationship. You know what I'm saying? We, but you weren't privy privy to all those features. And I think if we're going to talk about creating something new, we have to definitely examine that. Well, I agree. I t- McKinney? Y'all can hear you loud and clear. Oh. I'm good. No, I was okay. McKinney. I, 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 I think there's a little bit of a delay. Um, oh, yeah, okay. I, I was about to say, you know, what you said is right. Like, they they always, and, and I always say this thing here, we have an example, whether it is, whether it is positive or negative. Somebody teaches us how to love the way we learn how to love. You know what I'm saying? Somebody is teaching us. But it's not always a functional, productive, or healthy example of how to do so, and that's another, you know, that's another facet of black love that needs to be, you know, addressed as well. You know, right, like, right. Not, not just the romantic side, so to speak, but, you know, like, what does love look like from a, from a very, um, from a very basic standpoint, and how that, how that translates, you know, because you look at, when you look at how so many of these, um, so many of the people who are, who have been leadership, uh, have broken families themselves, you know, mm-hmm. while they're, while they're expressing a high level of love for the people, like there's still basic things that are missing in their own lives. 
So it's something that needs to be, you know, it needs to be broached, I think, along with the whole romantic thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. again, you're, you're, you're always teaching somebody around you. You're always, you're always setting an example. And people are either going right. to run to your example or they're going to be busy running from your example. You know, exactly. Whether they know it or not. Exactly. I think one of the things well, too is that yeah. um, give an example of what we just went through, Yang and myself, with the whole you know beef we had or whatever with our people. We talk about love, and we quickly think about a man and a woman. But I'm gonna stretch that out some. I was you know we were taught that love is a, is an action word, it's an acronym, L O V E, lifting our vision eternally, and yet we live in a society where out of love, we can't even, you know, check each other or criticize each other or say, hey, don't do that. This is not good. And we respond with so much, you know, non-love, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. that that's something that, you know, how can we love an individual person or persons if we can't express love within our movement to people who are in the movement? Mm-hmm. Or in general, in the community, you know, in general. You know, one of one of my things is I look at, and, and I'm always going back. It's just the moral decay of society. You know, mm-hmm. I before the before the age of materialism, before this, just the '80s, which I feel terrible for have contributed to just this. You know, this age of just uh, consumption and greed, man, it's ridiculous. We, When we got to that point, our society just eroded. And it's going to go back. It's going to have to go back to communal. Yeah, we didn't have – this isn't a new phenomenon. Absentee fathers aren't a new phenomenon. But we had right. Big Mama. We had the neighbor. We had, if you were having to be, and the little hungry babies, we knew when I was hungry, I didn't come in the always most fortunate of times, but I knew when the homies, uh, mama was cooking. <laughs> I knew when it was time to hang around right, the right, house. Right. And you, was told, you know what I'm saying? And you were told to sit down and eat. Right. And it wasn't a, mama a, was a hungry you baby. It was sit down and eat. Right. You know? Right, right. So when we get back, when, when it was a stigma, to be pregnant, and I know this is tough, and it may seem archaic and barbaric in some of its ways, but it was a stigma to be to be pregnant and not at least having attended. And 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 brothers talking to us and families, man, we'll get on those brothers like, yo, so you about to get married, huh? No, yeah, you, you heard you got Betty Lou pregnant. You know what it is. And the, and we would pull together <clears throat> to the best of our ability to make sure. Excuse me, guys, my throat to the best of our abilities to make sure that union would somehow work, just getting back to old-fashioned things. And it starts with, in my opinion, of course, just it, very basic people say, well, yo, Yango, what do we start with? Something simple. We had one time, um, I have a, a member in the party was telling me about they – petitioned the radio stations when NWA had come out and Luke Skywalker and two live crew had petitioned the radio stations to play that music after eight o'clock for the baby. So just something as simple as that. If we say, Hey, look, the certain music y'all playing that has very suggestive lyrics that are promoting a lifestyle that is not healthy, encourageable to our babies, at the very least, 
You, we, we, we're demanding you play it out to 9 o'clock and get some type of push like that. Demand responsibility and accountability from these radio say Just getting involved and really addressing the ills that plague our society right. and keep us blinded from defying what power is in a positive light, in a light that is productive to us. Not the power of a good, the power to destroy, but the power to really build. Exactly. You know, that that definitely is a responsibility of the people, and that you know that's that extended love we were talking about. You know, um, you know, yeah. loving your brother, loving your community. You know, these are the the other sides of revolutionary love. You know, you have people in in the in, in the struggle who have no mate per se, but their revolutionary love is a love that is extended beyond man and woman. It's 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 the love of mm-hmm. the nation, the love of self. You know, and I think that. If you don't have, I feel personally, if you don't have that that superior love for your people, then it's going to be almost impossible to love a person from your people. You know what I mean? If you exactly. don't love your people. Exactly. And I, I want to add one more thing in there because you said about you know how cats really uh, didn't take to our criticisms out of love, and it wasn't even criticisms; it was just they were really questions. I told people they were concerns in the beginning. Now they're warnings. Yeah. I say it shit. Right. Now they're warnings. In the beginning, there were concerns addressed to the so-called leadership of, the, of, of that particular body. But let me say this. I've since come to the conclusion that we have revolutionary house niggas. We have right. revolutionary house niggas. And I'm going to be brief in the definition of a revolutionary house nigger. Me being a person that absolutely adores Brother Elhaz Malik Shabazz, Rahim Ta'ala, Brother Malcolm X, also known as Brother Malcolm, uh, he said that a house nigger is the nigger that identifies with master in every way. He wears master's old clothes. He eats master's food. When master's sick, he said, we sick master. He identifies with the master in every way. I also add that you have to understand this house nigger is cunning. This house nigger is cunning innately by nature because it's a matter of survival. The house nigger is still a slave. So the house nigger has to be cunning to stay alive. Then the house nigga gets a double dose of cunning because the house nigga has had uh, overexposure to this devil. So this de- this house nigga has learned crafty and trickery uh, on the, on a scale that we can't phantom. He's learned it with no moral and ethic type of concern whatsoever. And right. so now the house nigga. He knows that the house is burning. He knows that he's on a sinking ship. He sees the slaves revolting. So what he does, he runs to the slaves, and when the slaves are at the front porch with the tiki torches and the pitchforks ready to tear up everything and get master, house nigga runs out there and says, hold it, hold it. I'm one of you. Let me go talk to master because master going to listen to me. I got master in. <laughs> and us being happy to have a little reprieve from work, have, give our muscles a little relaxation, get this nigga a few moments or two while he's in there cutting the deal. Now, look, master, these niggas out here, cut me a deal. I want to, I'm going to bring these niggas into your system. These niggas, and we're going to give these niggas their second amendments, their first amendments. We're going to give them the right. I'm going to bring them into your system. I'm going to tell them it's revolution. So it takes the sting out of it. It takes the anger out of it. But we got to remember that you got, now, what I said about these house niggas, they're appealing to, you had slaves that were tradesmen. And tradeswomen, they were craftsmen. Right. They were the ironsmiths. They were the uh, leather makers and the all of this good stuff. 
And then you had, so they were slightly, a slight more educated. You know, they could understand how Snigger could run that job a little, 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 little better. Then you had what they called that old cotton-picking nigger. He didn't understand mm-hmm. nothing but action. He picked cotton, his back was broke. That nigga didn't understand nothing but action. So when he went up there and he's running up there ready for the revolution, he's telling these niggas, why is that nigga in the house talking to Massa? Why are we right, burned? Right. And they say, wait a minute, nigga. You don't understand what's going on, nigga. Get back in that field, nigga, before we beat you, nigga. And see how the revolutionary house, nigga, can exercise power over these niggas is because he comes out and these Negroes, what 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 we are used to power, this revolutionary house, nigga, symbolizes it. He comes out with the battle fatigues on. Don't we see the tactics, mm-hmm. the SWAT team, the kick-in boys, the people that murder, murder us, the armed wing of a repressive state? Isn't that how they dress? Dressed the same way. Then he uses that language. Yeah, dress the same way. Then he uses that language. Kill you. Fuck you, nigga. Don't ask me nothing, nigga. This is, and we have battered white syndrome. We're used to that language. So he must be powerful. He's talking just like the last nigga that was in power. So he looked like us. So that must be power. And then he turned around and, they both and sound like cozy the up to the white man. Right. They both sound like the white man. One is the white man. The other one looks like. But since he got, since the only thing he did in that tactical uniform is put a beret on it, you know, he looks like us. But when you look at an example, the only people he hollering at is us. And he's doing what the white man did. He's sharing his power and authority with the white man. He's going through that system. He's everything is, he's capitulating and complying and but when, it, when you ask a question, they say, uh, excuse me, sir, excuse me, boss. I thought revolution was supposed to be kick-ass. Wait a minute, nigga. If you came in for that, nigga, we're going to kill you. If you came in to disrupt my thing, nigga, I'm going to kill you. I'll bust your head. Get in line, nigga. Shut up, nigga. Man, I heard that talk before. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Revolutionary house, nigga. That's my take <laughs> on it. I know I was long-winded, but, you know, bite's open. Hey, it is true, man. And, 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 and no, it's crazy because as as people may think that don't tie into the subject of black love, it does. Because, you know, we we are in a relationship with this revolution. And we, we're trying to define what kind of relationship we want. You know, with our liberation, mm-hmm. with our freedom. You know, it, it, it is, it's, it's a far, you got to really wrap your mind around it, but that's the same thing you do in a relationship. You meet somebody, you want this, this, and that. Why? Because I saw this, this, and that, and it didn't work. So when we speak up about what's going on in our struggle, people got to understand, if you listen on the radio, when you hear not just Mia Yango or Sister Makita, anyone in the black nation who takes the time to analyze our situation and give an analysis to the situation for us to think about and look at, we must understand that that is someone who has an extreme love for this struggle, an extreme love for our people. Because to sit down and do that research, that takes time. That takes understanding. And then you've got to take a certain amount of backlash for doing it. Only a person that loves you would go through all that for you and with you. So we have to understand what love is, and even in that realm. And that speaks a lot to George Jackson, which is, you know, this is black all, because I cannot not mention the general George Jackson. And he talks about that, that extreme love, that extreme dedicated love for the people, for the movement. And I think a lot of us are getting away from that. We're in the struggle, but we don't love the struggle. You know, we, we want liberation, but we don't love liberation. I think it's time to get back to that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. To get to get back the you know, and that's gonna to have to be something we work on. That that colonialism, that neo colonialism has penetrated us so much that we're operating from the hate mode. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I, a lot of what I hate this, I hate that, but to really operate from that extreme love. And to and to be able to uh see if it's worthy of your extreme love and devotion and loyalty, you should be able to question and test it. It's like what you said, you have to date this you have to date organizations in this revolution. You have to ask questions <laughs> and send a few beatings. You know what I'm saying? Hang around for a while. Yo, shoot, I got to go. And you'll find out a couple meetings, a couple times. That fourth meeting might be the meeting for you. You might be like, right, you know what? Uh, we've been, I've been coming here for a minute or two, baby. This just ain't going to work out. And you can go to that one, that fourth one, and go, oh, my God, this is it. You know, so um, absolutely. But it's all a matter of knowing what you want. And, and exactly. Love it, and that starts with loving yourself. You have to love yourself enough to want to give yourself the very best, and that's in everything. When you love yourself, you begin when you really love yourself, not just your desires, not just your lower self, you know, but really love your whole self. Your whole self you begin to eat better. I'm not saying you turn into super health night and start eating celery sticks, celery sticks and carrots overnight and all of that stuff. You know, right, right, because you're still going to get on on your yum-yums and good goods, you know, but you begin to do things in moderation and you begin to be more conscious of your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual well-being, you know what I'm saying? And I think that and when you do those things, all of those things take intake. You know, right. mentally, what are you taking in? Spiritually, what are you taking in? When I say spiritually, for those that aren't on the religious tip, I love how it was explained to me. When we say God or the devil, we're talking about God, extreme positive energy, extreme negative energy. So we're talking about spiritual. What type of environment are you in? Is it an extreme, extremely negative environment that can't be good for you somewhere, what we call spiritually, I would just call you eternally. That can be good internally. So, and and even right. foods, what we're taking in, organizations, movements, participation in the movement is the same way, and that's the way you get the max out of your love, and you begin to love it. You know, okay. I was talking. To, remember, you and I was talking one time, talking. I said to me, the worst of people are the organizations that turn our people away from. I've met people that be like, I don't deal with that black stuff. I was with so and so. I'm like, my yeah. God, who turned you? Who made you so bitter that you no longer want to participate in your own liberation struggle? That person should be lined up against the wall, and we should get slingshots with rocks and just stone them to death with slingshots. That, you, it can't be anything more criminal to have had such bad character or such poor actions that you have made a black person not want to be black. You got to be a really an agent of the devil. Exactly. You know, when you talk about love and masquerade that is love, what type of hatred must you have for black people that someone who is expressing an interest in participating in their own development and empowerment of their people as a whole, that you are so bad that they not only left the organization, they left the movement and just really don't even want to be reminded that they black. They call it black shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you know. 
That's serious. Mm. And, and I've I've heard the same thing, you know. It, it goes back to it goes back to that whole idea to me that if that's the case, you really, you know, like how much could you have loved it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. tomorrow you can you can show me a, a a variety of anything, you know, that has happened. And I'm still going to understand because, you know, first off, because of political education, you know, you're going to understand where these these, uh, contradictions come in and how they come into play. But you can show me anything, and I'm not going to want my freedom any less. You know what I'm saying? I may not want to deal with that organization, but I'm not going to want my freedom freedom any less. So, you you know, somebody coming to me and saying to me, um, you know, after I'm after I'm bittered on a a particular organization or a particular individual, whatever you know, whatever the situation is, I can't I can't ever see saying turning and saying to them, uh, "No, nah, I don't I don't fuck with this life shit." I don't, you know exactly. Well, you got you know because it's internalized. It's something that I'm just saying I got to have. Right, hey, right. Hey, hey, who who we got on the line, brother? Yang? Was anybody on the line? No, no, no. We rocking. We 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 kind of rocking out. They in and out. Nobody's pressing one. Okay. 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 Nobody, you know. In. Nobody's. Yeah, they okay, they, so they, I, they they are staying up. This, this one is smoking. I didn't uh-huh. know initially that I needed to press one either. So you know. Okay, let's let's mention that again. You know, you you're listening. Let's talk about it with Makita Shaka, your boy Yanga. Press one if you want to join the conversation. Get in here at any time, and it's really free flow. We're doing our thing, man. We're talking about criticism, power couples, uh, just everything, man. Um, and there's an opportunity to talk about it if you want to get some instance, some some interesting takes, or if you have an opinion to provide. Press one, and we'll recognize it. But until then, you know, we'll we'll continue to keep chopping. We'll continue to flow. What's up? I mean, I wanted to make sure that people do know that this is a black August. You know, and uh it's a very important month for the for the for the for the people of liberation, for our people, period. You know, Black August is when we not only highlight the many mo- monumental things that happened mm-hmm. to people who were born in this month, such as Marcus Garvey, George Jackson, the Haitian Revolution, Nat Turner, and so forth. But it's also a time that we reflect on our continual battle for liberation in the jaws of North America and around the world from, you know, imperialism and white supremacy. And, and it's also a time that we we should be doing it all the time, but we definitely want to take this month and focus on those who have sacrificed it all for us to be able to, to talk about this subject right here. And those are our political prisoners and prisoners of war. You know, we still have yeah, comrades absolutely. who have been languishing. I'm 51 years old next week, you know, God provide. And there are comrades who have been in jail as long as I have been alive, you know. And when you think about that, you know, 51 years, you had, you know, the Angola three who they all came home, you know, praise be. But they spent 40 years in, 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 in isolation, you know. These are things we have to really remember because if we're talking about struggle and love, we have to love those who loved us so much that they sacrificed all. I know it kind of sounds churchy, you know, love Jesus because he gave his blood so everybody else, but we got real life saviors, 
you know, real life saviors that you really need to get to know, love, and support because they did put themselves on that proverbial cross and sacrifice everything so that we can do what we do. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. I can't reiterate that enough and stress the importance of that enough about remembering our political prisoners, you know, and uh, the importance, and this is the importance of why we do what we do so that we will, you know, this will stop being a Mickey Mouse show and this struggle will be elevated into a real revolution and so that these are political captives, you know what I'm saying, Um, will be it would be their status will be recognized as as that, and man, they should have been released. You know, they shouldn't be um, held no more because the only crime that they're really guilty of is being uh, political dissidents. You know, they disagree with the political structure and system. That's that's it. You know, what I'm saying a, a war was a revolutionary war was waged. It's been suppressed. You know, what I'm saying its captives should be released. You know, and that and that should be it. It should be just go down in the uh, the annals of history. You know, so people still shouldn't be being persecuted uh, and penalized, just like uh, you know, in the throwing there with Black August, like you said, remember our political prisoners. Let's remember, you remember Jamil Abdul Alameen, formerly known as Jamil, uh, I mean uh, H. R. Brown. You feel was tried as even though he had been Jamil Abdul Alameen over twenty, thirty some odd years, was tried as H. Rap Brown. So they're still going after our political prisoners. Right. And if no other time then August, we should be mindful because it is just replete with feats of heroics from heroes and sheroes getting down and doing their things and just uh, the birthdays of great man it's just it is just a you're right you're right shock it's just a wonderful very powerful month so what's going on anybody got any announcements anything what's going on in anybody's city for black august oh, what's crackalacking out there i'm still searching the web trying to find some things i know there's a whole host of uh lectures and shows that i will be posting as they come to me you know none are hitting me on okay. the head right off i know my my brother but uh Bomani Mayasa, they have something going on. I'm, I'm looking it up now so I can see if I can get a flyer if he posted it. You know, and that's another thing, family. Yeah. If you're doing things, feel free to post it so we'll know. We can spread it. You know? Well, well, well. Let us get it. What about you, McKee? What's going on out there? Well, you know what? I, can't, I There's stuff I can't even talk about. It's crazy because it's, you know, it's, it's coming. It's on the horizon. And I just, okay. You know, okay. the announcements haven't been made yet. And it being an organization, you know how that is. I don't care how antsy you get. <laughs> you don't say anything uh, until, the, until the information has been released. Uh, okay. Uh, right on. Yeah. Right on. So we, we do have stuff that's coming, you know. Uh, the Black Power Blueprint in St. Louis, of course, is, is always moving. Um, we, you know, we're, we're trying to take up as much space politically and that's what I can say. We're trying to take up as much space. That's a hint. But we're trying to take mm-hmm. as much space physically as we possibly can, as well as physically, you know, um, on the north side of St. Louis and really, you know, planting that flag and, and creating, you know, this, this climate for change and changing from, you oh. know, where people can see everything that's moving, you know, building institutions, 
um, building space. Oh, so when you say taking up space, you're not just Mm -hmm. talking about occupying the space. You're talking about moving it. You're talking about building-wise and people purchasing the land and occupying it that way? Absolutely. All over the place. Right on. What what side of town is this again? This is um, on the north side of St. Louis where, you know, they're currently trying to bring in the NGA uh, geospatial uh, fireplace and all of that because, again, you know, they're bringing in stuff to to intimidate those who are already there and push us out um, and keep an eye on us, you know, for for what that's worth, you know, really keep an eye on us. Uh, but um, yeah, so we, you know, the north side is really suffering from gentrification really bad. The north side of St. Louis, and um, I don't know right. if you are aware that we. We actually do host a um, a political school, a campaign school, and it's to teach the people what to look for in candidates that are really, you know, really pushing their interests, who really put, you know, the, the masses of, of poor and working class black folks on their back and really, you know, are trying to carry them or working to carry them into those spaces that you won't even hear, you know, you, you'll never hear mm-hmm. black power or anything worth talking about from a, a black perspective. So um, exactly. it teaches it teaches the, the masses how to look for those people, and it also teaches well. the, the people who want to strap the masses of black folks onto their back and carry them into those spaces you know, how to do that, how to, you know, to align themselves with a platform that actually speaks to the needs of people. So, um, you know, I, I, can, I can only say from the standpoint that I, you know, where I come from and who was, the, mm-hmm. was my folk, was my entry into this thing, into uh, the movement. And it, I have not been let down by it. I, I can honestly say right. that, like, you know, I see us always moving and always progressing and always trying to, you know, make sure that we are, we have our finger on the pulse of whatever is going on so that we can address the needs that the people have, that we have, you know, and in addressing our own needs, we're addressing everybody's needs, you know, so, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Right, right on. I, kudos to the school, too. It's usually every April. Um, okay. You know, we we dealt with the COVID thing this year, so, you know, it, it, it was a little, you know, luxury in that. But, yeah, it's usually every April, and it's open to everybody. It's open to anybody to participate. Right. Okay. okay. We got. I got a few. Okay. A few announcements here. A few flyers I came across on the site. It says, "Uh, we have first of all the RBG Centennial Conference, and this is a Saturday and Sunday, August eighth through 9th, twenty twenty. Uh, it's fifty virtual workshops, seventy speakers, live music, and more. And it says, for more info, you can go to. Uh, I think this is online. This one." You can go on to uh, rbgcentennial.com for more info on that particular event. That's rbgcentennial.com. And then also you have uh, next, 
100 Years in the Whirlwind, the official 2020 Black August Virtual International Conference, August 14th through 16th, 2020. Uh, this one you can go to 100 Years in the Whirlwind at gmail.com. Next, we have a race first rally. It's called Race First Rally Against White Terrorism, Police Brutality, Mass Incarceration, Exploitation, Miseducation, and Racism. This is going to be on August 16th, 2020, 2 p.m. at Lafayette Square Park, Baltimore. You can get more info by calling a brother Imhotep at 410-900-7527. Next and last we have, oh, not last, next, National Reparations Day. It says Reparations Now, August 15th, 2020, 2 p.m. Saturday Assembly, Trump International Hotel, Columbus Circle. This is, I believe this is in New York, of course. And this, I think this is by the December 12th movement. And last, we have the UNIA ACL. And they're having an event. Uh, it's the 1920 con- uh, Conventional Centennial Planning Session. Thursday, July 30th, 2020, 1914 PST, Post Central Time. That's 1014 p.m. Eastern. Meeting ID is 792-6613-608, and there's a passcode. It says 1-O-N-E-1914, and we have the, in Delaware, Wilmington, they're going to have the Pan-African flag raising on August 13th, 2020, 6 p.m., Peter Spencer Plaza. If anyone didn't get those flyers, I'm going to repost all that to my, my page, and I'm going to share all that. And that's how we got to do, family. We got to share each other's things so that we'll all know what's going on around and in your local areas. Yep, yep. I agree. I agree. Listen, man, we're rounding down. Uh, I appreciate everybody. Nikita, I'm so glad that you joined the team. Look forward to coming on next week. And what we're going to do, man, Shaka, let's try that experiment. You know, we're not going to promise we're going to do it next week. But let's try that that live experiment. Let's bring something funky, fresh, and innovative to the people. Uh, just always trying to step our game up, man, in every effort to bring information to y'all, man, and providing a platform so that we'll be able to talk about it uh, and we'll be able to address things. One of the things I wanted to say in my, my closing statement is what Shock was talking about while we do things out of the spirit of love and how we had come across – how we know people that have been burned and just coming across people that weren't compatible for them in the movement uh, through particular organizations. This is one of the reasons that we offer constructive criticisms and raise our concerns and just always put things out there. It's not to hate anyone. It's not to belittle anyone. It's not to shit on their accomplishments or their achievements, any of those things. What it is is, to provide always an alternative and let our people know that there's always a voice and there's always people out here that are representing different views if you disagree with their views or represent your view if you happen to agree with a view that Shock and I express. So that's what it is. And me personally, it's for when uh, things do hit the fan, when, when, when you find out that your dog is really a cat, when you find out what you <laughs> thought was really wasn't. <laughs> You're not, right, right, you know right. what I'm saying? You're not ready to give it's up on the, the movement. World. You can say, yeah, right. It's not, you can say, you know what? Uh, uh, he wasn't what I thought he was. And, and, and you won't be one of those people. So I give up on black movement. It's all fake. You'll be like, no, 
that big head rascal Yanga. I don't like him. That old big head joker shock, I may not like him, but they did say. They right, did right. say. So it is that alternative. Let us know that we're we're not a monolithic people. We're diverse people with different ideas, views, different approaches to this thing, and some of us are going to um, speak those facts. So I'm not going to turn a whole nother show out of my end statement. I just wanted to say that to say I appreciate everybody letting us rock your eardrum on another Tuesday. Hey. Check us out next Tuesday. What's up? There's, there's one more that I'd like to make. Um, yes, ma'am. The, the, the NPW 2020 convention will be going on from September 11th through the 13th, and it's okay. going to be um, – you can go to NPDUM, I-N-P-D-U-M, 2020.eventbrite.com. It will be a Zoom uh, conference. But it's going to be the 2020 convention, you know, because of COVID or whatever. Um, and the theme is building the African nation 100 years later. It's still red, black, and green. The 2020 convention, mm. September 11th, 13th. Right, right. 2020, wow. eventbrite.com. Yeah. And, and I just want to say to all the people out there, understand that. Any blow against this imperialistic fascist regime is a good effort. Doesn't mean it's the only effort. It's a good effort. So don't stop doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, and I, I put a post of the day. We you know, we know black lives matter, but you matter. I matter. And that's why we struggle. Right on. So with that, yo, enough said. I'm gonna leave you with the Wakusu. Wake up. Clean up, up and stand up. Stand up. All right. Oh, brother. Oh, cool, so let's do it. All power to people, black power.